Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Love from Philly by G Love and Chuck Trees, but yo! That's my joy! joy. What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to another episode of the second season of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life, dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. John Stamos, a.k.a. Dr. John, a.k.a. John with the Wind, a.k.a. Johnny Katane, rest in peace, a.k.a. I'm John Burgundy, and you stay classy, Philadelphia, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, checking in for yet another podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. Happy Monday, people, unless... Of course, I missed a deadline and you're not hearing this on Monday, which, I mean, man, how prescient would that be? Am I right? Am I? Am I right? Am I? All right, you got me. I missed my deadline and this episode's coming to you late. And for that, I apologize. I'm sorry. But what I want to do this week is revisit the first 10 guests of the podcast and more specifically, their answers from the top 10 countdown, like a best of. But before I do, let me update you on my answer for question number four. What was your last concert? Because, guys, I went to a live show. This past Friday, Katie and I went to see G-Love and Chuck Trees perform at the Ardmore Music Hall for a sold-out, limited-capacity show, and it was incredible. Tables were properly spaced with guests kept two to a table, and you had to remain in your seat and wear your mask, but God damn it, it was worth it. From the second G and Chuck took the stage, it was like a euphoric moment of, oh my God, we did it. We made it through. We survived. And and, and here's our prize. And I'm not going to lie to you, your boy got a little misty. The show was a short one, a little over an hour due to two separate performances that night, but it was fucking awesome. He played some tracks off the new album, played some new Johns from an upcoming album he and Chuck cut during the pandemic, and of course, he dropped some of them old familiar favorites. The new stuff they played is super Philly, and both tracks had multiple shout-outs to Philly legends, including former guest Ben Arnold and a future guest that I'm still keeping a little secret to myself. And as no show would be complete without some kind of drunken ruckus, in typical Philly fashion, we watched a couple get dragged out by the bouncers for not following the very simple guideline of stay in your fucking seat. You heard me, a couple. Not just the guy, not just the girl, both of them kicked all the way the fuck out it felt like home if you'd like to see g and chuck perform the song she's the rock from g's grammy nominated album the juice in its entirety head on over to our youtube channel and you can check that out right now and be on the lookout for mississippi philadelphia coming soon from g love and chuck trees featuring my new favorite song love from philly which in my eyes is a certifiable banger So, the top 10 countdown, a staple of the jauntlet and one of my favorite parts of the show. When I was creating the idea of this podcast, I wanted to have a segment where I ask every guest the same thing to better understand who they are and to see what variety of answers I might get. Sort of like my own Bernard Pivo, James Lipton type thing. And honestly, I've gotten way better answers than I ever imagined I would have when I thought of this segment. 
Originally, I had planned this makeshift best of to be the season finale of season one. You remember, episode eight, the one I kept talking about that you never got. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I procrastinated. You all know that. I'm an unreliable host. Hell, you're even getting this one late right now. But this past week, due to a scheduling conflict, the episode I had planned for you had to get pushed back, so I thought, hey, how about you take the time, do that thing you never did previously that you always wanted to do. So, here we are. Better Nate than never, I always say. The first question of the Top 10 Countdown is, what was your first John? I like this one a lot because one of my favorite things about the show is getting to know what my guests were like as little kids and what they were into before they formed any kind of identity that was truly their own. It's like the seed to me, the place where it all began. So, before I spend a little time talking about each of the people who have done me the favor of sitting down and talking to me, I wanted to kick things off by playing every guest's answer to this one in order of appearance. I'm not going to do this for all the questions, but being the kicker, I thought it apropos. So, here is question numero uno. Ladies and gentlemen, our very first top 10. Here we go. Randy, are you ready? No. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, what was your first John? What was the first thing you can remember as a kid that you became like methodically obsessed with? Transformers. Transformers. I love it. I love it. No doubt. No doubt. All right. What was your first John? What was the first thing that you were just ridiculously obsessed with? Obsessed with, uh, like, probably Oasis. You know, I just was like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, um, I, I still, to this day, listen to that Oasis Unplugged uh, performance, um, mostly because yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, a same, I'm an enormous Noel Gallagher fan. And uh, to hear actually him sing those songs, as opposed to Liam, is something... I actually, uh, when that aired... I hit record on the VHS and the tape deck. I hooked the tape deck up to the TV so I could tape the audio and the video of that I, performance. I love it. Headphone, <laughs> walkman, walking around with the Walkman, vibing exactly. to the unplugged. I yep. love it. Here is the top 10 countdown. Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Here we go. Okay. What was your What was your first John? What was the first thing that like really just grabbed you? It can be anything. Doesn't have to be music. Could be music. Could be a song. Just what was the first thing that really hmm. hit you in your face? Um, the first thing that hit me really, really hard that I couldn't stop listening to uh, was this band called Sunny Day Real Estate, uh, and the album was How It Feels to Be Something On. That's that album is like my favorite album of all time type of like best band oh my gosh like i saw him live and i'm gonna cry about it type of thing and i i get emotional about music but that guy like it takes the cake so yeah, uh, yeah. how it feels to be something on all right number one what was the first thing you found yourself obsessed about as a kid probably hmm, i don't know there could be shit i'm forgetting but i feel like when i really was like locked into something it was the cure like i was like yo because I mean, by then it was, you know, they had so many, you look at their catalog, you know, up until what, 89 when disintegration came out and like all the stuff before that is so different. So it was like, you really could get lost in so much, you know, so many moods and so many, you know, whatever that that was, that was because I was young too. So, and it wasn't just 
oh, I'm depressed. I listened to The Cure. You know, right. I mean, it was yeah. like they, they're way more, you know, dynamic than that. Like, that's such a cliche. So um, I think that was probably my first, like, I, that's kind of what started it all for me for music. So, yeah. All right. on. What was the first thing you found yourself? Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah. That's that my job. That, that was all right. All right. Yeah. Number I was two. five years old. My dad had headphones on my head, introducing that to me. Oh my god! That's With the awesome. record album, so I had you know I had the lyrics and shit. And I was like, "What is this?" And that, yeah, so that's my first song. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> what was your first John? What was the first thing you found yourself obsessed with, musical or anything? Top ten John first thing obsessed with. It's got to be drums. It's yeah. got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. Once, once I I got into it, um, it was drums all the time. Uh, and God, God bless my parents for putting up with that. That's not an easy thing. Um, brother, brother, I think about how loud and bad we were in your basement, in your room, all those years, and they yeah. just took it, man. They, I know, never complained, never. never. I, there might have been once it was after like four hours. They were like, "All right, enough." Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that it's drums. Yeah. Much respect. Uh, number, number one, first John. First John, I, I think Batman was the first thing that really got my attention. You know, in Batman, there was everything. There was costumes, there was drama, there was music, Nelson Riddle theme song, uh, there was violence. It was all there, man. Batman. Yeah, that, that show's incredible. That show and um, The Monkees that was on at the same time are like two shows that I can literally put on right now. And I feel like it can go toe to toe with any show that's on TV right now. Like those two shows uh, from the same era are absolutely brilliant. Good answer. <laughs> uh, number one, what was your first, John? What was the first thing you remember being obsessed with um, when you were young? Uh, I think the first record I got obsessed with, honestly, was... Um uh, uh, Venus and Mars, Bump, Cartney and Wings, Goodbye, Yellow Big Road, Elton John, um, and uh, and because I kind of talked about this earlier, but it's true. Uh, these were like I remember when I was like eight or nine. You know, the, the getting getting these my my brother getting these records, and I just you got to play them again. And and the other the last one was not the Who's Tommy, but Tommy as played by. The London Symphony Orchestra. Uh, wow, with, okay. With all these like guests and stuff. So it was like kind of like a Broadway version of Tommy before there was a Broadway version of Tommy. That uh, that uh, um, Pete Townsend, he's no dummy. He, he, he knew how to diversify. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, I'd, say, I'd say like, you know, I mean, as far as any kind of like modern rock stuff is concerned, it, I would say you know it was, it was definitely that kind of thing. I, I was I was pretty into that stuff. I I I, I always liked uh, uh, guys that could play piano too. So I, I know I, I saw Paul actually playing piano. I didn't realize he was a piano player too. Who knew that he played everything? I just thought he was like the guy in you know in Wings. I knew he came from that band, the Beatles, because this was all over by then, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? So Sergeant Pepper's got to go in there too. So yeah, Sergeant Pepper. I was really. I mean, I just you know not good, not uh, not. Um, uh, yeah, now I'm gonna say Sergeant Pepper was because it was just the record cover, you know. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is cool. It's got a That's lot of awesome. stuff on it. <laughs> you know, after that, it it went into like Kiss Alive, you know. So you know, my tastes got a little hinky for a while there. So until I found New Wave. Okay. All right. Number. What was your first John? What was the first thing you were upset? You remember being obsessed with? Yeah, probably the monkeys. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll go I like with that. It. Book ending. Yeah. I like it. Number two, what was your first John? What was the first thing when you were younger that you were obsessed with? I'll keep it in the realm of music. And I'll, I'll say that my first obsession was um, buying 45s. Very nice. Records, uh, because that's how I kind of, uh, you know, when I first started making allowance, <laughs> Uh, you know, I would buy 45s and eventually I made my way up to purchasing the, my first 12 inch k album in, uh, <laughs> which Very cool. for the young ones uh, or the younger ones, that's kind of like the seventies version of uh, now that's what I call music <laughs> right, uh, right. compilations. But, um, but yeah, I mean, my first obsession was obtaining music. Yeah. Awesome. For the second question, what is your current, John? I actually have two here for you. The first one you'll hear is Chemino Ukazam, who was our third guest on the show. Chem's episode is one of my favorite episodes I've done to date. He was one of the first people I thought of getting on the show as I knew he had a really interesting story, and I wanted to dig in and get to ask the kinds of questions that don't normally come up naturally in conversation. The second clip is from the fifth episode, and it's my good buddy Scott Miller. I am beyond proud watching the success Scott has had behind the drums, so to be able to get him on the show and go over his career to date was a gift. Let's take a listen to those right now. All right. Number two, what is your current, John? What are you, what are you vibing right now? Mm. Can be anything. Um, yes. So what I've been doing, I didn't get to mention it before, but I am, uh, I've been playing guitar so much that my body's been starting to kind of form different like chronic habits. I didn't know my elbow problems are from guitar playing and sitting like just so for hours. Uh, I went to the chiropractor and he popped both my shoulders back into place and we're retraining them how to be in socket. And I didn't know they've been out of socket for years maybe. Uh, So my current thing, I've been trying to listen to a lot of music, but I won't go too far into it. But my current thing is playing scales in groups of five playing a scale on two different strings at the same time kind of overlapping yeah yeah yeah. that's 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 like i'm like obsessed with this idea it's from kurt rosenwinkel is this jazzer and on this song called minor blues that's my that's that's my thing right now the solo he takes on minor blues he does this thing where he's doing that groups of five rapidly and it's just a way i've never thought about the guitar before and it's delicious i mean it stumps me too that is awesome (laughs) (laughs) you're drawing me out dude you're drawing me out uh i've been uh i've been collecting some star wars legos now this isn't like new john but it's definitely a current john um yeah i'm i'm totally loving um star wars legos right now they're super cool man super cool uh what's your current build what are you working on right now or uh right now uh i just finished uh the moss Eisley cantina that was released uh and right now i'm building uh a yoda statue okay yeah okay yeah uh, uh, i've got some on the sidelines that that i'm waiting you know you, you can't just you know go out and buy something and build it you have to have stuff to, to build for a rainy day i understand but, yeah um for for those uh listening and even those watching you can't you you don't see any of it but uh scott's lego builds are ridiculous he's got so many goddamn star wars legos it's uh it's a thing it's definitely his current job like i will back (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're they're in the room that i'm in right now um you know uh, in in cases 
uh, and there's yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, you do it. You do it big. Number- Hands down, my favorite answer to the third question of the countdown, what was your first concert, came from my most recent interview with John Fay. John's music has been in my orbit for a great portion of my life, so I am forever grateful that he agreed to come on the show. Even more so after hearing this answer. Number three, what was your first concert? Uh, That would have been um, The Police with The Go-Go's as the opening act. Very awesome. In 1982. Okay. Where at? Philadelphia Spectrum. Very nice. That, that must have been a great show. It was obviously life-altering. Actually, I have to amend that. That's my first rock concert. Okay. Into a live show the year before, I believe. Um, and that was, I was in Hawaii with my mother visiting my sister who was living there at the time. And we, my sister got us in or got me in as a minor to see Don Ho. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. He drunk. He was hammered. <laughs> and I, it's just such a hilarious memory because I'm like 13 or something. And I'm at this uh, place called the Polynesian Palace in Honolulu. And I, re- I remembered that. I don't know if you ever watched the Brady Bunch uh, growing up at Religiously, all. yeah. Okay, so in the Hawaii episode, Don Ho makes a cameo. Yeah. And he says to Bobby and Cindy, Oh, you can catch me uh, and Sam here playing at the Polynesian Palace. Da, 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 da. So, you know, years later, so that's early 70s, now early 80s, I'm seeing Don Ho at the Polynesian <laughs> Palace. He's been there the whole time. <laughs> so it's no wonder he's hammered. So he gets on stage and he's like, you know, telling like really dirty jokes. And I'm just like laughing and my sister's blushing and, you know, <laughs> and like the whole audience is like these old ladies, basically. And he's like, hey, I want to come, come up on stage and we'll do, you know, just sing this one with me. And he I remember this like it was yesterday. He's like, OK, uh, put your hands in my front pockets and clap 20 times. Whoa. <laughs> Yo, Don Ho. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't get away with that now, but no, uh, no. 1980, whatever, uh, as a 13-year-old, I'm like, oh, man, this is the greatest <laughs> night of my life, right? That's awesome. You could, buy the, uh, you could buy the Don Ho tiny bubble bubble doll. It was like a, it was like a thing of bubbles soap bubbles. You unscrew his head, and it has like one of those little blower things on it. You could blow bubbles with... Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Perfect branding. So yeah. So that was actually my first live performance, but the police was the first rock concert. Okay. (laughs) This show might not have ever happened if not for the guidance of my seventh guest, DX Ferris. It's why I added him to the thank yous this season. When I was just kind of spitballing some ideas of what I wanted to do, he helped me to better visualize what I wanted to achieve and he gave me some tips on how to obtain it. I can't thank him enough for that and for being on the show. Here he is with an incredibly descriptive answer to the third question of the top 10 countdown. What was the last concert you were at? Uh, number four, what was the last concert you were at? 
Last concert I went to, like I saw the Misfits reunion in Chicago at Riot Fest with 40,000 people in a general admission setting watching this historic concert take night under, or take place at night under an almost full orange moon wow. with everybody going crazy and it was this insane platonic ideal of everything i ever wanted from a concert everybody there screaming every single word combined with like a game of thrones battlefield type experience <laughs> i was in roughly the equivalent of like the fifth row and it was just like a physical and mental and historic and all-encompassing um everything i ever wanted a concert and normally did not get from a concert and i kind of retired from concerts after that now since then i went to see Kristen hirsch from throwing muses i went to see her play an acoustic set in a church uh hmm. i felt that was worth making an excuse for yeah uh and it, it wasn't religious music not that there's anything wrong with that but like she was playing little small thing and i got to sit on a couch two feet away from her and just watch her play uh like yeah That's okay cool. i'll make an exception for that and uh i took my younger kid to see the 1975 but that doesn't really count all right all right my episode with Bill Schmidz is another example of someone who I've always had killer conversations with, but through the podcast was able to learn so much more than I knew prior to sitting down with him. And his answer for the next one, favorite concert, is so awesomely Philadelphia that I would be a fool to not include it here. 1993, Tower Power at the Chestnut Cabaret. Um, no opening act. The Philadelphia Phillies were the sweethearts and we're playing the Atlanta Braves in the National League Championship, and it was game six or seven that they closed out that night. So if you've never been there before, you walked into the cabaret, it was a big floor, several bars, but there was a, probably a, a 20 or 24-inch television. There was one every, like, two feet that just went around the entire place. So no matter where you were, you had a television right there. And everybody is there watching the game. Um, had a great time. Phillies are winning. They're going up early. They're beating, uh, they're beating the Braves. It was been such a great, great series. And at uh, eight o'clock, the Tower Power comes on, um, and they shut the televisions off. It's like seventh inning. So Tower plays for about um, maybe forty-five, maybe half hour, forty minutes. It's cooking, and by that point, like everyone's socially lubricated, we're having a great time. It's funky. Sounds great. And then the band stopped and said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going we're gonna to cause a little pause here. And Philadelphia, this is what you've been looking for. And they brought the big screen with the projector down behind them. And we watched the ninth inning. Oh, my God. And we watched Mitch Williams close it out. And the place lifted off ground. I got goosebumps thinking about it. It was the best concert I've ever been to. And then they came on and played for three hours. Oh, and it was amazing. like, uh, yeah, it was, and that was the time where like you go to the chestnut cabaret, you, if you were lucky enough to catch them that, that night, they were hot. That's great. I was, I've gotten to the habit of like, they're going to be in town for two nights. I'm going to both nights. It was a workout. It, you knew what you were in for. It was not going to be, you, 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 by Sunday evening, you were ready for bed at eight o'clock. So this is the first night and it's like, the, it, I don't know how this can get any better. And they go see them the next night. It was fantastic. So, 
but that was it. That was, I, to this day, I, I don't think that there's a, I mean, I've seen great bands. I've seen bands I've always wanted to see some amazing music, stuff performed. I can't believe I've seen live. That's the best show I've ever seen. I, I that 100% sounds like an amazing, yeah. amazing yeah. experience. Yeah. Paul Keene is someone who I've always respected as a musician and more so have always dug as a friend. Again, it was a no-brainer when I was putting the guest list together that I wanted him on here. Here is Paul's answer to question number six. Name someone who you have never seen live that you always wish you would have, living or dead. Which may be a shocking answer, coming from the lead singer of Dead Flowers. I'd love to see the Stones. Um... I can't afford it because it's like a thousand dollars for like a ticket, but I would love to see the Stones, and I hope they survive past uh, this COVID experience and can tour again. We'll see what happens. Yeah, they. Um, I forget what tour it was, um, but they played. They were doing like club dates on top of their big stadium shows, and I forget the ridiculousness those tickets went for. But I could not imagine seeing those guys in a small club at this point in time. You know, like. That would be amazing. A small club would be great, but it's probably like ten thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's nothing but execs in that in that audience like that. Right. Yeah, uh, they're like, uh, who's this band again? Right. They're called the Rolling Stones. <laughs> For Unappreciated John, I've got two clips for you. The first one comes from my brother from another mother, Randy Major, who was the very first guest on the show that kicked everything off. Randy is one of my closest friends and someone who I have been honored to create music with for over 20 years. We may not have gotten to do so in a few, but I desperately want to change that. The second one comes from Kevin Mooney. Kevin and I went to high school together, and no matter the outfit he is providing the low end for, I have always been in awe of his talents on the bass. Both of these answers were something that I definitely agree are underappreciated, and I wanted to do everything I can to show my own appreciation of them. So here they are. This is this is going to be a lot. Okay. okay. But do you remember? All right. Probably. When Pharrell put down in my mind and then and then uh Quest and them got together and they added the live they added the live performances to it and they called it Pharrell Williams and the Yes Sirs and it was out of my mind and never released the album and you can't find a good version of the album with lossless quality sound. That is the most unappreciated uh collection of music of all time. It's probably one of my favorite albums of all time and it never was released. I swear to God, I'm blown away. Last week, I literally spent three hours trying to find a very clean copy of that. That is so fucking weird. That is so weird. But it makes sense. I mean, you know, we're, we're, our, our uh, menstrual cycles are in tune. Number seven, uh, name an unappreciated John, something you wish got more love. Oh, my God. That's, wow. Uh... <laughs> What is underappreciated? This sucks. This is this is like total record store question. You know, like you go yeah. to the fucking record store, you're like, I don't know what I fucking want. And you just, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just aimlessly look around. And and we're going to, I'm going to be like in the shower later. I'm like, fuck, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. <laughs> what is underappreciated? Right now, well, that's easy. Uh, underappreciated right now is kindness. I mean. I love is, it. It's just unbelievable how 
cool it is to be an asshole right now. And I mean, there's something to be said for being, you know, a funny asshole and just yeah, being whatever. Sure. Um, but it is it nowadays and you know, the what and why is irrelevant, but we've definitely allowed ourselves to really be cool with being a piece of shit and that sucks. So I 100% agree. Like um, I've, I've been telling people that's kind of why I started like this became like this project, like kind of grew out of me just wanting to start a website where I just talked about shit. I liked. that's all I wanted, but now like, you know, being able to talk to other people and just hear Like, I just want to hear like good, like, fucking just this, these are things i like not something i hate not something right, you know, right, like something yeah. like you know and and it's great to just hear people like kind of gush about you know the things they like instead yeah. of fucking just shitting on everything you know like well that's the thing it's so easy to do you know it's it's psychologically it's so easy to stand on the other side of something and say well i'm, I'm against that uh, there, there's not a lot of risk there. And the, the risk is, is actually being for something. And, and that's what people struggle with doing, I think, you know. Yeah, fucking egg. Well said. Well. I'm going to be honest. I'm still pretty shocked that I had Ben Arnold on my show. I've admired this dude since forever. And that I got to have him on my show and pick his brain was incredible. This is Ben's answer to question number eight. What is your favorite album? It's an album that's so absolutely important to me that to hear how much he enjoys it as well was pretty special. Uh, okay. What was the question? Oh, favorite, oh, favorite album. album. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. So, I'm, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I could say that. I could do that. I could say Jeff Buckley's Grace and say, oh, oh God damn. Yeah. You know, yeah. and say, uh, you know, I just, it takes me immediately to 1994 driving around and up and down the East Coast playing gigs and um uh i end i ended up um well uh you know just driving around playing gigs and me and my buddy chris colucci christopher colucci it was it was me and a, me and a guitar player me and this guy christopher colucci that's how i got my first record deal we were just going up and down the east coast playing like a we were playing my music which was kind of like sort of you know college alternative kind of sensitive songwriter but with an edge kind of thing mm-hmm. um i don't know what the fuck it was it got me a deal um and uh but uh you know we, we we would play jeff buckley's grace uh and uh uh nevermind and the counting crows august and everything after we were, we would play them incessantly on rotation uh occasionally being interrupted by like joni mitchell blue or something you know something you know uh, to break up the monotony but uh yeah Man, I mean, so I'm going to go with that. You know, it's tough because I like so many. I mean, you know, is it Steely Dan? You know, is it, oh, wait, is it Asia? Uh, is it, I, I don't know. There's, is it, is it uh, the White Album? I don't know. You know, yeah, that's yeah. a tough one. I, 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 I refuse to be narrowed down to one record. Okay. All right. That's cool. I'll take it. Number nine. Number nine. Question number nine is name an artist whose output you will consume anything they have released. And it's been a favorite of my questions because I love learning who and what people obsess over. It's my favorites favorites. I like liking things and I like learning what other people like. This one that I want to share is from my episode with Dan Reed. You know, I saw a meme once that said something along the lines of the closest you can ever get to know what it's like to be a ghost is listening to a podcast where the hosts are trying to remember a piece of trivia that you know. It's so true. 
Well, as someone who's listened to Dan Reed on both the radio and his podcast for years now, this episode was like a ghost finally getting to make contact with the living. Number nine, name an artist whose output you will consume anything they release, even if you have to be an apologist for it. Wow, that's a good one, too. Uh, uh, a current artist or a, anyone? Could be any artist. Yeah, anybody you wanted to be. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> now, does that include um, Tall Bachman? Um, Bachman. Oh, I like Tall Bachman. What was the name yeah. of that song that hit? She's so yeah. high. You so high. That was a good song. It was a goddamn good song. That was a goddamn good song. I agree yeah. with you on that. One. I'm a. Yeah. I'm a. The the way this whole yo that's my John thing started was um just me being unapologetic about um pop music that I like. Yeah. Um, and that's what birthed the website. Uh, before it became this whole thing but uh yeah but Paul I, Bachman, I, I'd she's to, so high. I, I'd have to think about that. that's a really good question I, i'd have to think about that a little bit um you know i've always been an apologist for seeger uh he hasn't made you know he's made great records but sometimes he hasn't um and um you know uh, sonic youth too um i I, yeah. I you know i i can always find something um on their records that i like even though I think they've been up and down too. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm blessed that I get to have all these conversations with people I respect. So for the 10th and final question of the top 10 countdown, let's hear from everyone and revisit what their favorite Johns of all time are. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say, do you remember... Um, do you remember driving IUP and jamming out to Outcast, Stankonia? Not Stankonia, but The Love Below and uh-huh. Secret Box Man. And thinking about what the A&Rs would be saying to each other as they yes. listen to this album. It's like the follow-up to the big pop hits and all the stuff they had. And then he's singing about robots <laughs> and Dracula's wedding. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Like that, the experience of listening to that album, knowing that nobody wanted it and it worked anyway, that's my John. Yes. That's my John. That is, I'm going to say, Honky Tonk Women by the Stones. Nice. Uh, that, you know, like Southern Rock slash British slash. I mean, Stonesy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's dirty. It's it's country. It's rock. It's everything. It's a, a great, great song. Um, my favorite thing to do, and I say this because I hardly do it now, but I think my favorite thing to do is to sing. So all the projects that I'm in right now, I'll sing a tiny bit, I'll sing background vocals, I'll do that kind of thing. But singing has always been the thing that has always put me through most anything. I used to get night terrors as a child. I used to stay up late at night or not sleep at all and do all kinds of things like this. And the thing that my mom always did, she always had me sing with her. So you sing to drive away the dark, you sing to not be afraid. So yeah, my favorite John of all time would be singing. Beautiful answer. I John. love it. Well, what is your favorite John of all time? Can be anything. 
I guess just, uh, I, I mean, it's really, you, you can take the easy way out and just say love because it's like, it's almost like John in the sense, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you think about you think about all the things that you love. Like I love going to the Cape and I love playing and I love my kids and I love my family and I love my, you know what I mean? And all these things. So that feeling that you get, you know, of love for people, for doing for playing, for, you know, whatever, um, you know, that allows me to include a lot of things, yeah. you know. Uh, Christmas. Oh, yeah? Big yeah. Christmas guy, yeah. Uh, absolutely, yep. That's my favorite I, of all time. I, um, I have, in the past few years, gotten back into Christmas. Uh, yeah? <laughs> um, no! But mostly um, Christmas music. Um, yeah. Because I used to work in a mall, all right? So, like, right. I got burned out on Christmas music for a very long time. And it's Can't only been um, as of late, <laughs> seriously, um, that I've started to, like, really enjoy and appreciate Christmas music. And um, I find that Christmas music sounds the best on a ukulele. Um, I have been I play a lot of ukulele do you? music, yes. Really? And, okay. Uh, do you play so, the ukulele yourself? I do. Yeah, I do. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, so so I'm with you. I, I, I Christmas is a is an all time John. Like my life. Yeah, <laughs> does my it? life count as an answer? No, I, I, love my, I love my life. Uh, it, it's a great life. Um, you know, uh, the, all the roads that you take. You know, that, that take you to where you are, like right now. Um, you know, there's there's been you know ups and downs and all that stuff. You know, it's it's cliche. Um, but uh i love my life um so that's that's my no my i'll give you a, a an answer after i say that because you know life is good um but i've been watching star wars rebels yeah <laughs> man favorite john of all time he, I mentioned Batman already, so I might have to go with Glenn Danzig, my dude. Most talented guy to come out of the punk scene. He's a guy that had a number one classical album. Guy that had three great bands in a row. Guy that's been doing what he's doing continually for 23, over 40 years now. Uh, he's written for two Hall of Fame artists, Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison. He's been covered by two Hall of Fame artists, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, uh, Glenn Danzig, man. Everything that dude does. Um, yeah, he's another dude that... Uh, Lifetime subscription for top ten countdown. What is your favorite John of all time? Could be anything. Oh, uh, uh, pan fried dumplings at uh, Sankey. Oh my God, that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> that's like that's that's probably one of my favorite Johns of all time. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And final uh, of the top ten countdown. What is your favorite John of all time? Again, can be anything you want it to be. Uh, I have to say, you know, at the risk of sounding corny, I have to say my family and my friends are my Not favorite. corny at all. That's not corny at all. That's beautiful. And, and, th and this year has made it even more apparent that, uh, you know, we're not complete without them. And uh, I miss seeing everybody, um, my family and my friends, even here in Philly. I mean, there's a lot of friends I haven't seen for a year, man. Yeah. I know yeah. it's been really it's been really challenging, you know, and been tough. Yeah, um, it's getting better, man. You know, people is. are getting vaccinated. Um, 
you know, it's it's, it's getting better. Um, so, but my, my family and friends is my, you know, you gotta. I think you've always gotta look at that. Perfect, oh, perfect. One of all time <laughs> would be could be anything ever, <laughs> ever, all time. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is this qualifies as an answer, but um, laughing that absolutely <laughs> qualifies. Uh, I love it because I have realized that if I have something that makes me laugh every day. It tends to be a good day, regardless of any kinds of uh, obstacles or heavy stuff that may happen. There it is. I've had 10 guests on the top 10 countdown. Many more, hopefully, knock on wood, to come. I hope you continue to join me on this mission. Getting to talk to people on this platform has been a pure joy for me, and I hope it's been one for you as well. If you have not done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite podcast providers and share it. See something, say something, they say. Tell all your friends about it. And all you Hermione Grangers out there who want to earn themselves a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world and put some points on the board for Team Gryffindor, you can always do so by rating and reviewing us. Put five on it. Stars, yo! Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yothatsmyjohn for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yothatsmyjohn and find Yo That's My John on YouTube for all kinds of video shenanigans, including, as I said earlier, G-Love and Chuck Trees performing She's a Rock live. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out, and touch some John. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you forgive me for being late as fuck. I'm not going to say I'll never do it again because, well, we all know that's a lie, but I will do my best to be better. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be measured. Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>